This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Enquirer publisher here with you, still in Indianapolis as we have continued our busy work here uh, covering Illinois' Big Ten Tournament Championship victory. I have a column up on the site, check it out, about kind of being in the mix of, of all these people celebrating, including the family members, uh, the players, obviously, and the coaches. I wasn't in the mix with them. Uh, is there kind of away from all of us for good reason? Um but uh, we kind of get all their reactions of, of so much joy, so much joy brought back to Illinois basketball with that Big Ten Tournament Championship combined with a number one overall seed in the NCAA Tournament. Derek Piper has a great piece on Brad Underwood and how this program has risen so much in, in the last four years, but especially over the last, what, 14 months. Uh, so Derek has a great piece reflecting on that. Joey's got plenty uh, as well on the veterans that stepped up, the Georgie and Kofi show that we saw yesterday as well. So check out all our coverage of that. But we're also starting to look ahead at the big dance that is ahead. And Illinois is one of the best dancers we have in this tournament. Uh, they get a number one overall seed, but what is their path like? Uh, a lot of people see Loyola Chicago in that uh, first couple rounds, round of 32 potentially. Uh, Oklahoma State, uh, which was a, a little underseeded according to most people. That could be a scary matchup and a juicy matchup with Brad Underwood and his former employer. Uh, but what about the rest of the bracket? How does Illinois you know, draw compared to that of, say, Michigan or Baylor? Well, I called up our great bracketologist. I think the best bracketologist in the business, not only because he's got great insight, he watches all these teams so much, he dives into the analytics, but there's so much passion out of Brad Evans, ftnfantasy.com, ftnbets.com, and he did really well uh, with his bracket projection, uh, but he also has a great breakdown of what Illinois' path looks like and how he thinks the Illini will do. Brad Evans, a Champaign native, uh, someone who went to the University of Illinois, bleeds orange and blue. You'll hear from him next on the Illini's path in the big dance as a number one overall seed. That's coming up on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast, and it is bracket time. And, of course, we go to Bracket Brad. It's Brad Evans, ftnfantasy.com, ftnbets.com, uh, Illinois grad we've had on the podcast here before. Uh, what a selection Sunday, Brad, not only because we get brackets, but for the first time, you and I get to talk about Illinois in these brackets and a big part of these brackets for the first time in, in eight years. So what was your Sunday like to watch Illinois win a Big Ten championship and what was an epic game? Uh, and then also be the number one seed. I mean, Io's on top of the ladder as they announced on Selection right. Sunday uh, that Illinois is a number one seed. Oh, it was a sweet release, let me tell you, uh, because we you know, had all this pent-up frustration of last year, this empty husk of a man that I was uh, because we didn't have an NCAA tournament. And, you know, I put in a ton of work. I think I banged out like 10,000 words previewing all the tournament teams from last year. And, you know, mm-hmm. I thought very highly of the Illinois team, um, you know, thinking, you know, as a single-digit seed that they could uh, be a true dark horse and run rough shot throughout the region that they were going to be placed in. And, of course, then the sports world stopped, everything unplugged. And, and now we are back uh, on that sports calendar again. So for me, it was euphoric, you know, not only watching Illinois polish off Ohio State and credit to the Buckeyes, man, they fought tooth and nail. You know, they, they came out and got drilled. They got popped in the mouth down 17 and came back and, you know, had a couple of really solid runs in that game to prevent another blowout from happening, pushing it overtime without Kyle Young in uniform. Uh, Got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, they showed in a tremendous amount of toughness and poise. And Dwayne Washington was money in the bank in that game. Good Lord have mercy. He could not miss. Uh, my wife was like, miss a shot already. Miss it. She was yelling at the, you know, the television. And, and I was just, you know, sitting there astonished. I'm like, hey, it's his day. It's his day. And he is single-handedly keeping them, keeping them in this game. But, yeah, you know, seeing Illinois' name called, seeing the bracket revealed, as I was telling you before we jumped on the pod, I got two feet of snow outside in Denver. We were in the middle of a blizzard, and we had a couple of flickers of, of lights in our house, and I'm like, dear God, no. No, 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 no. Not today. <laughs> Not today, Mother Nature. We ain't playing, all right? It's Selection Sunday. I got a lot of work to do, and uh, thankfully, we kept power here in Denver. It was the fourth worst snowstorm in the city's history. Uh, and, and then I saw the bracket reveal and I'm on the edge of my seat because for me, you know, that's, that's the teacher with the red pen in her hand, checking my work right in front of me. Uh, and things went well there until Syracuse materialized. And then I shouted out a bunch of expletives in my house and my kids learned new words. So, uh, other than that, um, you know, very exciting to see Illinois on the one line, uh, as I projected, you know, a couple of weeks ago, as a lot of people were like, well, Illinois is not a one seed. Illinois is not a one seed. Uh, they, they got to do this. I got to, I was like, guys, Illinois is still a one seed. Now, of course they, um, you know, alleviated any doubt, uh, with that stirring run through the big 10 tournament. But I am on, uh, if there was a cloud 99 that exists, not cloud nine, but 99. I am sitting on it right now because uh, March Madness is here and the NCAA tournament will finally tip off later this week. The fourth time, Brad, in your lifetime, Illinois is a number one seed. Uh, how, how does this compare to 89 um, mm. where they had seven losses or 01 where that was like, hey, Illinois basketball is back. 05, that was like, oh my gosh, this is the best team in the country. How does this one compare for you? 
it's got some 05 vibes to it. I'll be real with you. Um, you know, I was a kid in 89, and, you know, I, I love that team, and I've become really good friends with Steven Bardo, which has been one of the uh, true joys of my life because I grew up idolizing the guy. Uh, so that's been a ton of fun. But, you know, the 05 team, we all knew, uh, was the, the, you know, the largely perceived favorite, uh, not by just biased pundits like you and I, but by, you know, people across the board in the industry, they're like, damn, this team is good. I don't know who's going to beat them. Even though they had that blip against Ohio state, you know, we were all talking about them. Well, maybe that's a good thing. They already lost in advance of the tournament. So they get out of the way they can recalibrate and then run rough shot through the field. Uh, this team to me is playing such peak basketball right now that I feel that they're in a similar conversation. Uh, and there are a lot of personalities. Of course, you know, we had Dee Brown on that team and Darren Williams and Luther Head. And Dee was just, you know, brimming with uh, personality. He was Mr. Illini and really still is to this day with a headband and the jersey popping and the Sports Illustrated cover and all that. And when the community was such a buzz, you know, you're in Champaign and, you know, my sister and mom live out Muhammad. Uh, I'm not there, but, you know, I, I read uh, the piece that you guys had on, on 247 about the community kind of galvanizing and gathering around this team in a time of, you know, a pandemic, which is great to see, right? Because those are the things that, you know, my wife and I were reminiscing about that 05 team. Everywhere you look, people had signs in their yards. Orange and blue was, you know, it was the color in the wardrobe for every individual in Champaign County, it seemed like, that season. And I'm sure you've seen that locally. And I could tell you from afar, just looking at the team and how they're playing and the, and the personalities they have overall with this squad, again, it just, it does, it gives me those 05 chills. It really does. And uh, I may or may not have Illinois winning at all in my bracket, just a little wow. foreshadow there. Okay. So I want, I want to get into the bracket, but I mean, I'm, I'm watching ESPN last night. I watched a selection show. Everybody has Illinois in the final four. Um, so it is pretty amazing to see. But yeah. you mentioned it, Brad. This is the the teacher gets out his red marker. How did you do? What, what was that? Uh, what was the final count there? Yeah, I got 67 of the 68 correct. Uh, so the only one I missed on was Syracuse. And I'm still baffled at, you know, I, I can understand maybe Syracuse getting in as a first four participant. But to have a bye, what the hell? It doesn't, it, again, it's inexplicable and it, it's really inexcusable. I think somebody did somebody a solid behind the scenes because everything that the selection committee lays out in terms of criteria that you need to meet to be an at-large team, Syracuse didn't really meet anything. So the, the thing that they're clinging to was the net ranking, which nobody knows what the ingredients are in the sauce. It's very cryptic uh, because they were 40 in the net. I guess that gave them the advantage over Louisville, who was 57 in the net, but Louisville had better brass tacks had better bones overall in its resume though a similar resume to Syracuse whatever uh Jimmy Bayheim, you know picking his boogers and eating them on the sidelines you know staying there on the bubble you know he got his day and, and knowing Syracuse because of the 2-3 zone they'll probably go out and win a couple of games and their entire fan base will at me on Twitter be like I told you so I told you so but I think they're going to get trucked by San Diego State uh in the Midwest region where Illinois is so um you know I did well though 67 to 68 I had 47 teams exactly on the seed line, wow. and I had 65 of 68 within uh, plus or minus one seed line. So historically by, you know, because I've been doing this for like 15 years, uh, I think this will shake out to be one of my better showings, but we'll see when the bracket matrix at bracketmatrix.com releases their results uh, and their grades. I think uh, I heard from the guys there, they're going to have it done by Tuesday, but yeah. I'm coming at you, Joey Brackett yet again <laughs> and Jerry Palm nowhere close. I already saw 
and graded his. And I'm like, he's not even remotely in the same time zone as uh, most people in this industry. Yet he's on CBS all the time. <laughs> I, I I would rather watch you, uh, Brad. That's for sure. That's why I can't be on the call. Um, w- was there anything egregious uh, that, that the committee had here or anything that made you go, wow, that was that was wrong? Yeah, I thought LSU got slighted. I thought they got dogged a little bit. Um, you know, a team that got to the SEC tournament final. And, you know, they had good bones on that resume, you know, with the five quadrant one wins. They played a robust overall strength of schedule. Uh, they were like 29 or 28. I think they finished in the net. Yet they got an eight seed. Like, and that is, that's a brutal draw potentially for Michigan, by the way. Uh, because that's who they would play in the round of 32. And the way that this Wolverines team slumped into the uh, NCAA tournament, uh, they are vulnerable right now. They are a wounded bunch of Wolverines, and LSU's got some scores. And if LSU is committed to playing even a single lick of defense, which has been problematic for them this year, uh, wouldn't it all shock me for the Tigers to not only handle the Bonaventure team uh, there in the round of 64, but even up in Michigan in the round of 32. So that was the one uh, that was off two lines on us that they were six seed and Clemson was the other Clemson just is so boring. They're so vanilla. They're like the antithesis of the Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, spearheaded team on the gridiron. Uh, there's nothing particularly exciting about that team uh, or their resume. The fact that they got a seven seed, I felt was a gift. I thought they had a profile of a nine other than that in Syracuse. Uh, I, nothing egregious, nothing at all. Well, good job by the committee then. Uh, yeah. That's uh, the things we're complaining about. All right, Brad, let's break down the Midwest bracket here with Illinois. With all due respect to Drexel, I just don't see uh, them being able to contain <laughs> Kofi Coburn. I would assume Andre Corbello, the whole crew. So we get the bracket out and a, a metrics darling, a, a fun team, a final four history team here recently. Loyola Chicago's the eight seed, of course. The, the committee would put them with Illinois, but Georgia tech, they got a tough first round matchup. So they, they got a tough way to get there. What do you think of those two potential matchups in the, the round of 32? I hate it. I hate it. I'll be honest with you, Jeremy. I, I do not like Illinois draw on just their half of their region. All right. Now the lower half, I'm not worried about Houston. Uh, I'm not worried about West Virginia because they're not playing any defense this season. San Diego state's an interesting team, but you know, who have they really played outside of mountain West competition this year? Uh, really nobody. Uh, so the jury's really kind of still out on them on a wider scale uh, basis, but you know, I'm not worried about Tennessee. We'll get to the four seed here in a minute, but let's talk about Loyola, Chicago and Georgia tech. Uh, no lie, Jeremy, I, I wrote a, a bunch of hyperbole about Loyola Chicago in advance. You know, we're, we're writers. We, we try to do stuff ahead of time. Right. Thinking, oh, this is exactly how it's going to work out. Then you, you're like, oh, great. And, you know, your bylines all screwed up and you have to go back and like think of something else. I said, the hell with it. I'm rolling with this story. I had a good hook. I love this Loyola team. I don't care where they're at. Uh, and, and I also love the Georgia tech team. And I had written up some words on them because I didn't, you know, figure that they would be matched up against one another. I mean, what are the chances, you know, that that would happen? Um, but it's a tough draw. I, you know, whoever wins that game is going to push Illinois to the limit, um, because Loyola Chicago, you know, very much a contrast in styles between Loyola and Georgia tech, but Loyola obviously has got to grind you to the bone. They play a, almost a loose pack line defense, similar to what Virginia historically has done. And Cameron Crutwig, Lucas Williamson, they were on that 2018 team. Crutwig, one of the most decorated Missouri Valley players in history. I mean, hell, he's a, in uh, the same 
class is Hersey Hawkins, Oscar Robinson, and some dude named Larry Bird. And points, rebounds, and assists all time in that conference. It's, it's astonishing. Um, but they, you know, they rock them, sock them robots. Uh, defensively one of the best, if not the best defensive team in the country. So uh, that will be a test for Illinois for sure. And same with Georgia Tech. You know, Georgia Tech has the ACC player of the year, Moses Wright, who is a true rim protector. could beat you inside and outside. Jose Alvarado has got a lot of spunk. He's a lot like Andre Curbelo. He is a guy that's uh, fiery. He's passionate. And he plays undaunted basketball. He will probe. He will penetrate. I love his playing style, much like I like Curbelo's playing style. I think Alvarado's a little bit more controlled than Curbelo. Well, he should be because he's an upperclassman. Uh, but that that's a matchup that does concern me for Illinois because they got dudes that can hang. And, you know, Moses Wright versus Kofi Coburn will be must-see TV. Uh, Io DeSumo and Andre Curbelo going up against Jose Alvarado will also must see uh, be must-see TV. But those two teams – again, will challenge Illinois in the round of 32. So don't think that Illinois is going to get by with a sweatless victory. Yeah, and then you mentioned it. Uh, I think the one that shocked me, and, and I watched Brad Underwood's face as this team popped up, Oklahoma <laughs> yeah. State. Again, love the storylines. <laughs> right. Uh, number one pick in the draft, Cade Cunningham. But, of course, Brad's former employer, and they did not leave on great terms there. Uh, first, Oklahoma State's got to get there. Liberty's a, a, an interesting team. Tennessee yeah. – uh, could be a, a problem for them in the second round, but they're playing well. It's second most quad one wins. What do you think of that potential sweet 16 matchup against Oklahoma State? Spicy, Jeremy. <laughs> That's what that one is. Uh, yeah, and the selection be, oh, no, we'd ever take these storylines. You know, yeah, BS, hogwash, poppycock. You absolutely do. Uh, and we can get to another Big Ten team, Michigan State, UCLA. That's another one. Of course, you're playing that storyline with a couple of blue blood programs because you need the ratings on true TV. I get it. I get it. Uh, but yeah, look, I, Oklahoma State was one of the teams I did not want to see. And I thought they were slighted a little bit. I am projected as a three seed uh, because of those quadrant one wins. And again, this stupid net rating, which has got all it's all wonky. It's it's broken. It's got all kinds of warts. I mean, when Colgate's number eight in the net, you know, it's got issues. Uh, especially with sample sizes, Oklahoma state was barely a top 30 net team, despite all the quarter one wins. And that was puzzling to me. So, you know, that's a team that should have been a little bit higher up. It should have been a three seed. Illinois does match up well with them. Now Kate Cunningham is going to be a load, absolute load. I would imagine that I would assume it would be on him. Uh, he could switch off at times with Trent Frazier, but you know, he's one of the best dribble drivers in college basketball and finishes around the rim. And it's not so much him. You know, it's more than just Kate Cunningham. Avery Anderson's really come on strong in a 30-point game here recently. Uh, likely is, you know, very energetic in the post. The Boone's very energetic in the post. Uh, Williams can knock down some triples, and they're an outstanding defensive team. Mike Boyne's done a great job with them in terms of their def uh, defensive acuity. Uh, you know, they've given up just right around 0 0.89 points per possession over the last eight games. So uh, they would be very challenging to Illinois. I think Kofi Coburn's a problem for most teams. He would be a problem for them uh, as well. I think Georgie B would have some quality minutes off the bench uh, and be quite successful. But yeah, Kate Cunningham versus Io DeSumo. Uh, if you're an NBA executive, uh, there's no reason to wear pants. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that is the greatest uh, opportunity for Io DeSumo. I mean, we talk about Darren yeah. and how much he helped his stock with that run. I think for Jasumu, that game, uh, especially in this, this could help him get into possibly that, that late lottery. You mentioned it. I, I think if they get through there, 
it almost is a bigger test than than what they have below. Hundred percent. So hundred so percent. Why is that? Why is West Virginia, Houston, um, that kind of crew, San Diego State, not as uh, concerning to you? Well, West Virginia, as I said before, this is, you know, that would be a fun matchup if, you know, Illinois were to go toe-to-toe. Obviously, Huggins and and Brad have, uh, you know, great pass together, you know, very similar style that, you know, Underwood used to, it used to implement, uh, you know, the kind of the press Virginia style and, you know, that press Virginia style uh, does not exist anymore. <laughs> you know, this team has had to alter with the personnel. That's a credit to, to hugs and his ability to adjust. Uh, but defensively, you know, this is one of the weaker units he's had in the last several go rounds. Now, you know, Deuce McBride is a bucket skater. I like him quite a bit. Derek Culver is a, is a true rim protector uh, and an excellent guy uh, there in the paint. But, I think Illinois just got they're they're much better across the board, position by position when you break it down. And I think um, you can really score on West Virginia this season in transition. Um, you know, we've seen that often this year. We saw it with the Baylor game, uh, you know, coming off the COVID pause and where they it was kind of a get, get right game for them in Morgantown. They won by, I think it was like five points in overtime in that matchup. But I think Illinois would be able to handle business with them uh, without, you know, really being pressed, uh, you know, to the brink. And then Houston's, you know, kind of a wild card team. You know, Houston is, uh, boy, another little spicy history. They were Kevin Sampson, right? Phone calls, Kelvin, phone calls. Uh, but you look at Sampson's teams, you know, the identity is always great defense. And this Cougars team is no different. They play positionless basketball. Uh, everybody's between about six foot four and six foot eight across the boards. They don't have a true big, but they all have condor like wingspans. Excellent off the dribble. Uh, they're going to play a more in a half court setting and the occasional sprint out that they'll get from their pressure defense, the turnovers that they create. But if Illinois just, you know, protects the basketball, um, you know, they can play that rock em, sock em robot style. Uh, I think Illinois is just uh, too talented across the board. And again, Kofi Coburn is just a matchup problem for about 90% of the teams in the tournament. You know, as much as we, I would assume he's going to get all the headlines and he looks like Batman for crying out loud. He's awesome. Uh, the greatest face mask ever invented for a person with, you know, a busted nose, but it's, it's Coburn who I believe is the true, he's not an X factor, but he's, he's the true uh, player that, uh, you know, coaches are going to be waking up in the middle of the night in cold sweats thinking, what the heck do we do with this guy? Uh, because there are just so few teams that have bigs that can match up against him. And Houston certainly does not check that box. So, again, I'm not worried about anybody. San Diego State, we'll see about them. But, again, um, very good defensive team. Uh, they've had some outages offensively, uh, but they have not played a challenging schedule, not nearly as rough and rugged, you know, compared to even the bottom half of the Big Ten. I compare, like, because Illinois fans might look at their bracket and say, that's tough, and that's true. Um, but then I look at Michigan's, and I say, they didn't get any breaks either uh, with Alabama, <laughs> dude, Texas. You dude. mentioned LSU. Florida State is a team I would not want to see in my bracket. UConn is a seven? Right. Like, like, UConn could go to the Final Four the way that they played over the last month. Look, there is always one region when you're filling out your bracket. I got mine here in front of me. And you, you know, you're about halfway through, you get to the, the end of the first weekend and you look at it, you pick up your sheet and you're like, what the hell happened? What happened here? It's nothing but slash marks. And you might go chalk, you know, consistently in a lot of these regions. I think the East region is going to live in the upside down. I really do. If there is going to be, 
it, like a complete annihilation of your chances of winning your office pool. It's going to be because of this stupid region. I'm telling you, uh, I have, I have UConn actually coming out of there wow. and in my gut bracket, and this is the one I get, I print off immediately and I just rifle off based on what I know. And then I'll do more of an analytical one and UConn will not be that team. <laughs> it probably be Texas to be honest with you, but yeah, I mean, Florida state, as a four with their length, their athleticism, their ability to defend, knock down triples uh, in abundance, that is a difficult matchup. Though Florida State's going to be challenged by UNCG. You heard it here first. They press you to death, and Florida State's got turnover problems. So don't sleep on the UNCG, the other Spartans. There are a lot of Spartans in this turn. We got Norfolk State Spartans, Michigan State, of course, and UNCG, but uh, Georgetown is a 12. You know, who's playing hot basketball right now? They get Colorado in that 12-5. Could be a classic upset there. Even Michigan State, potentially. You know, we've seen a lot of success, Jeremy, of these first four teams winning a game and then going on and winning another game. I believe it's happened 14 the last 15 times. So, uh, that and that's the uh, duration the first four has existed. I think Michigan State will beat UCLA, and I think they will beat BYU. And I think they will continue that streak. So, yeah, it's a murderer's row. That that, that entire region is inebriated. Slobber knockered, shots of tequila for everybody, and they wake up with a massive hangover. What do you think of Gonzaga and Baylor? The two teams I think everyone has thought they'd be in the Final Four. What do you think of their paths? Uh, I think Gonzaga's got the easiest, as they should. I mean, they're the number one overall seed. Um, you know, Missouri, Oklahoma, yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, in, in the round of 32. Uh, Creighton, you know, Creighton's an interesting team, but, you know, this is the best McDermott uh, defensive team that he's ever had. Uh, and obviously with Zagorowski and Bollock, uh, those guys can really fill up the cup. Uh, Virginia, with the COVID issues, you know, and now they're going to get into the bubble late. We don't know if they're going to have their full complement of players. Same with Kansas. You know, it's interesting. They're both in the same region. Ohio, we know all about the Bobcats. Uh, they're in Champaign uh, with uh, Jason Preston. I mean, that kid can ball. And I think they're going to beat Virginia, to be honest with you. Again, just given the inconsistency and incongruence that Virginia has been going through here these last few days. Uh, so, you know, Iowa, yeah. You know, if, if the Hawkeyes are committed to playing defense, and they have been the last month. But, you know, if we get a Zags-Iowa rematch at Elite Eight, which is what I have forecasted, I mean, come on. Ain't going to be close. They're going to get boat raced again. Uh, and then in terms of Baylor, you know, Baylor, Baylor's got a little bit of a tougher road. You know, potential round two matchup against North Carolina ain't going to be no walk in the park. And they can really exploit that matchup zone because of their size and second chance opportunities. Just It's all contingent on what version of the Tar Heels that we see. Uh, offensively, you know, if, if balls are falling through the cylinder to go along with that defense and length, uh, they could beat almost anybody in the country. So you know, Baylor, again, will have its hands full there. Purdue, I wouldn't sleep on them. Uh, I love this Purdue team. I love the development of Zach Eady. I, I think Dravion Williams, one of my favorite players to watch in college basketball, do it all guy there in the post. Uh, Arkansas is rocking and rolling. Uh, I think that's a team that's got final four potential. I've got them in the elite eight and we'll see about the Buckeyes. Uh, you know, again, the Buckeyes showed tremendous resiliency in that Big Ten final, uh, but they have been riding a rocky road here down the stretch. Uh, and defensively, they're still very flawed. And I'm telling you, Jeremy, if you have not seen Oral Roberts play, 
Oh, Lord, have mercy. Are they going to unleash and the heavens are going to open up if Ohio State does not get out there and defend the perimeter? And they may it may not even matter because I've seen Oral Roberts guys, Admus and uh, the other couple of guys that they have uh, on their squad. They're pulling up from like 35 feet and draining shots at will. So uh, I love them plus 16 and a half. Uh, you sports betters there at Illinois. I was going to ask, Brad, um, what, what's the team? Are, are you taking Ohio? Ohio seems like a pretty uh, sexy pick, and I understand it. Virginia, potentially the first round, given their COVID issues. We've seen Jason Preston. He's probably going to have a chance to play in the NBA. Yep. Creighton is, is a little wobbly, given everything that's happened there. Is there any other team, or is that the team you think uh, could be the surprise double digits here? Well, I think there's a couple of them. Um, yeah, look, I think Ohio definitely could surprise. Uh, they're catching eight and a half. Love uh, the Bobcats there. That that line is a bit of a head scratcher to me. And, and Virginia's always going to play a tight game anyway. It's just their style uh, because they limit possessions overall. Uh, and Ohio's just, they're firing all cylinders offensively. And the unpack line defense is what I'm calling it right now. No, like, you know, no longer the very much pack line defense we saw previous seasons with Tony Bennett's squad. I think Georgetown's going to be Colorado. I really do. Um, and it's going to be a trendy pick, uh, but I get it. You know, Patrick Ewing, man, hat tip to you. Way to go. Don't be Chris Mullen, you know, and like ruin your alma mater, right? right. Yeah, he could actually coach folks. And yeah, the MSG security guards may not know who the hell he is, but maybe they do now. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that team, because of their ability to rebound, they generate a second chance opportunity over a third of the time. They're shooting over 38% their last nine games. Uh, they're really coming together as a cohesive unit at the right time. Uh, and going up against Colorado and, and CU, a uh, veteran savvy team. Uh, these guys have not been in the NC tournament uh, as a group. I love McKinley Wright. I love Evan Batty, but I, uh, the, the defensive chops at Georgetown, I think is going to do them in. I like that upset. Love Winthrop as well. It's going to be another trendy one. The line opened at Villanova minus six. Uh, the Eagles soar offensively from deep. And, you know, over 39% of their shots are along the three-point arc. And that's the problem with Villanova. They don't defend the perimeter. And without Colin Gillespie, all you know, having those defensive downsides, I think Winthrop's going to come in. And by the way, Winthrop's got size. Uh, they're probably the deepest team in terms of minutes played of any team in this NCAA tournament. Uh, they've got defensive chops as well. They're going to chop down the Wildcats there. So those are three double-digit seeds uh, that I could see advancing and winning a game. And, and of course, two Michigan State, as I mentioned, right. a member of that first four. So uh, I'd like them to, to also win another game. But I'm not going to go crazy with the cheese whiz. I don't have any double-figure seeds in my Sweet 16 uh, it's a little bit more chalky right. as uh, we march on. And that's what we want. We want some upsets the first couple of rounds, but we want the good yeah. teams. Yeah, <laughs> then you want the good teams the rest team. of the way. Right. All right, Brad, uh, we talked about their tough, you know, road to get there. We kind of teased it. Um, you have Illinois going far. How far and, and why? Yeah, I have Illinois win the title. And, you know, it's, it's not because I have this illuminated eye over <laughs> my left-hand shoulder here on this Zoom call, Jeremy. It's because I think Illinois is playing the best basketball of any team in the country right now. And, and you know, last 10 oftentimes doesn't mean a guaranteed future success uh, in how you've played. But, you know, by the advanced analytics uh, in particular, there's one measurement there. I mean, Illinois top seven in, in Ken Palm and adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. Uh, so they check that box. You know, they're historically good right now in that category. They have depth. They have no weak points in any position. 
Um, you know, and again, you have the best inside outside combination of college basketball and I would assume and Kofi Coburn. And, and I don't think that's even arguable. I, I think it's indisputable. Uh, and, and I think there are a lot of people, a lot of pundits in the business like myself would agree with that. So, you know, again, they're going to be challenged. They're going to be tested in their top half of their region in the Midwest. They get past that. I think it does get easier. I think there is a rematch potentially against Baylor in the final four. And I think it's going to be a very different story the second time around learning the lessons uh, from that first matchup. And, you know, Illinois playing much better basketball. The Baylor bears are here down the, the home stretch. Uh, I think Illinois would beat them in a second chance dance. Um, and, you know, even if they go up against Arkansas and coach Muss, I think they would take down the Razorbacks first to 95 wins uh, in that game. Um, and, and I've got Illinois playing Gonzaga in the final. Uh, and I think they will beat the Zags. I think Illinois matches up tremendously well with Gonzaga. I, I think Kofi Coburn can neutralize Drew Timmy in the post uh, just because he's so wide and he has the lateral speed and agility to hang with Timmy and some of those post moves that he has. I would assume versus Jalen Suggs would be a tremendous matchup there. Maybe get a little Trent Frazier on him as well since he's our true defensive stalwart on this team. You know, Corey Kispert, I think, would be yeah. A bit of a handful because he's big body, could put it on the deck. He can flush it on. And of course, he's, uh, you know, a dead eye from outside. So that's a guy who could go like full Dwayne Washington on us. And, you know, that could be problematic. But uh, other than that, you know, Illinois plays great in transition. Uh, so you, we have a good, fluid, flowing game. Um, you know, Illinois thrives and excels off of that. And that's what Gonzaga typically likes to play. So, you know, again, it's, it's a matchup-based game. Uh, and I think Illinois in a one-on-one against the Zags would beat him pound for pound, ended up hoisting the hardware in the end. And man, uh, I tell you what, the tumble end would be swelled to the brim. I mean, swelled to the brim. You know, tumble in, stumble out, they say. I might just live there if that were the case for like the next month and just live in a bucket. Just live in a bucket. <laughs> it would be amazing. It would be amazing, Brad. Uh, but before I let you go, and always appreciate the time, not to get sappy here, but I think it's a year to get sappy. We didn't have this bracket last yeah. year, right? Um, so for you, such a big college basketball fan, and you live this all year, and you lead up to this, and it's one of the best you know, days and, and months of the year, what's this going to be like? Well, for me, again, it's, it is uh, true euphoria. Um, you know, I, I always look forward to the NCAA tournament as a kid, you know, I was a student at uh, Centennial high school there in Champaign. I would go at lunch and I would walk over to the Bigfoot on, uh, John and, uh, uh, Mattis. Yeah. John and Mattis. I don't think it's a Bigfoot anymore. And I would go and I would go buy USA today and they had the pullout section. You know, this is old school. This is showing my age. I'm 42 years old. Just deal with it, folks. I'm a man. I'm 40. And I would pull out, uh, you know, that section and I would just, I would examine it. I would study it, you know, whatever was going on, you know, at school, it didn't matter to me, you know, in advance of the tournament, that was everything to me studying every team uh, down to the brass tacks to figure out how I'm going to organize and situate them on my bracket. Then, and I was in high school, I would sneak in a little radio and I had like a little pocket radio and I would, you know, work up and thread a headset into my ear and I would just sit there and like rest on my hand, my head and listen to games. That was the worst, you know, right? You're in school and the tournament's going on. It was, yeah, it's the oh, worst. it's the worst. <laughs> and I would, I would say to my dad, like, dad, mom, 
you know, I've, I've got the March Madness fever. Uh, can I say, no, you need to go to school. All right. All right. So I would go and, and, but I would, you know, I would listen to the games and then I would, you know, immediately drive home, you know, when I was an upperclassman and when I walked to school, my freshman year, I would like run home uh, and turn on the games. Yeah. What happened? You know, what's going on? And then I would just sit there and watch hoops all day and all night. So, you know, I'm waxing nostalgic a little bit here, but you know, we didn't have this for a year. And this is, you know, for me, everything. This is the event that I live for every year. You know, I love the NFL. I cover fantasy football. I eat, breathe this stuff from a sports betting and fantasy perspective. But for me, the NCAA tournament is the unrivaled champion of sporting events. And I have it back again, just has me on that cloud 99. Absolutely. All right, Brad, what do you got coming up? FTNbets.com, FTNfantasy.com. Yeah, look, uh, we got an entire NCAA tournament scouting guide uh, that myself, my Kutri, John Findler put together. It's only $7.95, and it is a full uh, color PDF. Uh, we got a great graphics designer, George Z, on our staff who threw it together with a beautiful, clean design, uh, printer-friendly. Um, you know, it's uh, sponsored by Typico Sportsbook and also uh, monkeyknifefight.com. Uh, so it's pluses, minuses, players to watch, uh, team outlook. Very similar to that USA Today pullout. Might have been an inspiration for that idea that I had kicking around in my head uh, for the last several years. And, you know, I I, were, I was going to do this last year. You know, FTM wasn't even a thing yet at this point last year. I was going to release it as a sub stack. And I was like, no, we're going to kick this sucker up a notch. And I'm going to hire a couple of guys that, you know, Kutri played Division Three basketball. Finler, I believe, also played D3 basketball. Uh, so they know a thing or two about the X's and O's of the game. Um, we're all analytics junkies as well. And then we watch, we just watch a ton of basketball and scout these teams. We've been doing it for months and we just pour our heart and souls out into this easy to read doc. And each team is only about 250 to 300 words. So you can zip through and against, you know, for those of you that like pictures, we got pictures, right? And it's nice and organized with all, again, the pluses, the minuses, the players to watch uh, and the outlook. And again, it's only 795. Got ftmbets.com slash pricing. Uh, to get on that right now. So I got that, got the Sirius XM show going on. Uh, Pat Bradley and I are going to be doing a special uh, NC tournament show, former Arkansas standout uh, tomorrow, uh, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. I got an obscene amount of bets uh, that I'll be posting, not only on FTMBets.com, but also for free, because uh, I never put my picks behind a paywall uh, on Twitter, at Noisy Huevos. And I think I'm making another, I don't know, uh, roughly 150 media appearances uh, between now and the end of the week. Oh, and one last thing too, Jeremy. Uh, I'm going to be doing Q&As on social media, on Twitter, at Noisy Huevos every single day at 4.15 p.m. Eastern time. So 3.15 uh, uh, p.m. Illini time, if I can get that out. Uh, and it's it's just me interacting with my audience Q&As about the bracket from a betting perspective, uh, from just filling out the brackets for your office pool, whatever it is. You want to pick my brain about any of these teams. I'm well-versed, uh, and it's there, open to the masses. So come hang out with me, drink some tequila, and we'll talk uh, bets and brackets. So we're the busiest people, hardest working people, and passionate people I know in the business. And uh, love seeing all this stuff, Brad, and appreciate the time being one of the 150 that you have. Thanks for making time for us, man. Uh, muchas gracias. Go Alana! He's the best, man. Go to FTNBets.com, FTNFantasy.com. Check him out online on Twitter, at Noisy Huevos as well. Brad Evans, our guy. Hope you enjoyed that breakdown. We'll have much more Illini coverage throughout the week. And 24-7 uh, Sports reached out to me and said, hey, 
we're going to give people another chance to hop on board. So if you're not a VIP member and you, you missed the pieces that Derek and I did from Indianapolis or you've missed Derek's recruiting updates or our football coverage and spring football is right around the corner here, how we're going to cover this all is, is going to be interesting, but so much information, uh, so much insight coming up at Illini Inquirer. And for the next three days... Leading up into Thursday for the NCAA tournament, you can get two months of Illini Enquirer VIP access for just $1. So if you wanted to hop in and get a little taste of what we do, now's a good time to do it. March Madness, spring football, recruiting kicking into high gear, and it sounds like the dead period will be lifted in June. So that's going to really kick into high gear here. Uh, sign up now. Two months for just $1. Why not? All right, thank you for listening to the Illini Acquire podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy this euphoric Sunday for a couple more days before Illinois tips off on Friday against Drexel and then potential tough round of 32 matchup, but it's here. Illinois has a chance to make a run. It's hard to do. Six wins uh, against really good teams is really hard to do, but Illinois has done that twice this year in the toughest conference uh, in America, and they're coming off seven straight wins, um, six of those against NCAA tournament teams, five of those wins against top 10 teams in the Ken Palm. So they are playing as well as anybody leading into this. So everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop, make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount+. Plus.